0: And what a great place to take it, right there. The song's called Sky Dancer from Cobalt by the band that plays all over Southeast Nebraska, the band Enigma with guitarist Dave Epp. I'm Scott Colborn, and it's great to be with you. I hope you're having a great Saturday morning, whether you're at the workplace or just kicking around home. And let's see, with me on the blue mic over there is... My sidekick Colleen. Good morning. Good morning. How are you?
1: I'm doing all right. Um, just a bit stuffy nose, so I apologize if I'm sniffling every now and then.
0: <laughs> oh boy, I'm just I'm the tail end of that, so I know what you I know what you're talking <laughs> about. I had this thing that when I would uh, go to sleep at night, the wheezing mm-hmm. would wake me up, and so hopefully, you know, knock knock on wood, on top of my head, I'm I'm past that. Folks, we've got a great show for you. We're going to start, as we always do, with Charlene and the Capital Humane Society. And then I've got a special report on UFO activity at Branched Oak.
2: Ooh!
0: Our main guest today is Bill Phillips, psychic medium and author. His book, Signs from the Other Side, Openings to the Spirit World. Let's kick things off with Charlene and the Capital Humane Society And uh, she should be right there. Hi, Charlene.
3: Good morning.
0: How are things at the Capital Humane Society?
3: Things are going good. It's such a beautiful day. We've already had our dog walker in. He's got all the dogs out. Uh, uh, We're cleaning up, getting ready to open our doors at 11.
0: Oh, fun, fun, fun. Uh, Do you want to start with dogs today? Kind of change things around?
3: Sure. That sounds good. We've got some cuties. (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
0: Which cutie are you going to start with?
3: We're going to start with Charlie. Oh, sure. He is a six-year-old neutered male Labrador Shepherd, a buff color with a big pink tongue, (laughs) bright eyes, looking for a great new home. Uh, He is six, but he is very spunky. So he is looking for somebody that will give him uh, plenty of exercise, going for walks. He is 109 pounds, so he does need somebody who can help him to be fit and trim. Um, He is also looking for a home with no cats and needs to meet other dogs and children to make Mm -hmm. sure he's a good fit for your family.
0: Oh, boy, what a happy-looking dog.
3: Yep.
0: Hey, Charlie, show us your tongue.
3: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And so anybody interested in taking those twice-a-day walks to uh, either continue to be in shape or get back in shape... This boy would be a great companion. Take a look at org, And our next dog is?
3: Dove. <laughs> <laughs> and Dove is a white and black pit bull. She's about a year old, very pretty, very intelligent, wants to, very much to be an important member of your family. Uh, you can tell by her picture that, again, she's inquisitive and engaging, looking for a family that has plenty of time to provide her with exercise and attention.
0: Colleen, what was the, that children's show on PBS that was kind of like the children's detective show that had a, a dog like this that had sort of the markings over one eye? Do you remember that? Um, I'm trying to remember. Charlene, how about you?
3: I I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't remember the dog's name. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. yeah, take a look at this dog because the <laughs> markings, you got black on one side and white on the other.
3: Uh-huh. And
0: uh, Dove has got such an inquisitive look like, what?
2: <laughs> Did somebody
0: say my name? What? <laughs> we going someplace? Hey, what's that in your hand? What is, yeah. What a great-looking dog. Dove could be your next companion. Uh, pictures up at CapitalHumaneSociety.org. Charlie, Dove, and their companion...
3: Murphy. And Murphy has a very handsome underbite. So hey, Murph. He's, showing, he's <laughs> showing you his adorable grin. He's about seven years old. Also a black and white dog, a Boston <clears throat> Terrier beagle mix. Hmm. And he wants very much to be your only canine friend, so he's looking for a dog-free home. Um, He's a lot of fun. He's super cute, obviously. So if you think Murphy might be perfect for you, we hope you'll visit him today at our Hmm. Pylock Pet Adoption Center.
0: You know, my uh, uh, Colleen, my eye is Mm -hmm. drawn on that page. Let me back this up a little bit. There we go. What? You see Hope?
4: Yeah, I see (laughs) Hope.
0: (laughs) Hope's got this dog toy in her mouth like,
4: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm ready.
0: I ha- I had a uh, uh, a dog much like this, a golden retriever. That he had this sort of ring toy. When whatever he was up, he was grabbing that, and he would flip it up in the air and catch it. He was just uh, just had a great time. So, hope is my audible call. Hope has got a, a great look there, and uh, she's got her toy ready for you too. So, uh, all these dogs can be seen at CapitalHumaneSociety.org. dot org and also in person today and tomorrow. Charlene, what are those hours?
3: Please visit us at our Pylock Pet Adoption Center today and tomorrow. We are open from 11 to 530.
0: Now, I've got something. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and transfer screens here for the cats coming up here. And you tell us about the, uh, the pet
3: walk coming up. So our uh, Tales and Trails Pet Walk and Festival is coming up on May 18th. We're very excited. It's an important fundraiser for us. Um, there's fun activities at the event. You can come with or without your pet. Um, you can go to our website at org to register. Um, and again, it'll have more information. It will be held out at the Fallbrook Town Center like it has in, been held in previous years. And it's just a, a really good time to make new friends and to support an important cause.
0: Okay. Uh, that. Information, again, is at CapitalHumaneSociety.org, and we are ready for Dogs for Adoption.
3: We are going to start with Bradley the cat. Bradley is a 10-year-old neutered male. He's so cute. He's always laying like that. As soon as you come by, he rolls and purrs and just really knows how to show off.
0: And show off he does well. Bradley is a fun cat. He could be your next companion. I have a friend, uh, her name is Charlotte, that she always posts pictures of her cat, Smokey, uh, and Smokey's supervising cleaning out the garage. He's supervising <laughs> the basement reorganization. He's supervising yeah. laundry. and Yeah. So Okay, who follows Bradley?
3: Next up is Lennon, and Lennon is a very adorable cat. He has uh, long fur. He was actually um, shaved a while back, so it's growing back fluffy and and healthy. He's about a year old, a neutered male, and he is adorable, but he needs his space. (laughs) So he needs a family that can resist uh, hugging him too much. So a home without kids under eight years of age, Um, if you're cat savvy, then Lennon might be perfect for you.
0: And anybody with a family uh, that uh, has a person in the family by the name of John, this would be a great <laughs> catch. If you're a Beatles fan, you know, here you go, Lennon. And uh, Lennon's got this uh, interesting look. Um, Colleen. if you looked at Lennon, what would you, what would you guess from his visage, from his features there? He's
1: the one on the, the last
0: one, right? Yeah. Yep, and he's got his head kind of cocked.
1: and hmm. He looks kind of... Perplexed, <laughs> like he's like uh, not not unsure, but kind of like that whole "do I really want to" kind of thing. Like, do I? Do I not? Do I?
0: Do I not? A <laughs> uh, great looking cat. Okay, um, Bradley Lennon, and I think you captured his essence pretty well there. Uh, who's next?
3: Cole. And Cole is gorgeous, a four-year-old neutered male, domestic short hair with shiny black fur and bright eyes, uh, ready to meet new friends and have a fabulous life. We hope you'll visit him soon. He really deserves a great home.
0: Okay, the Cole Meister, he's right there at the page. We've looked at Bradley, Lennon, and Cole, CapitalHumaneSociety.org. When you click on the thumbnail picture, it goes to that page, and you can read more about the, uh, the pet for adoption. And better yet, if we've sort of got you kind of interested or enticed, here's Charlene with her hours open today and tomorrow.
3: Our Pylock Pet Adoption Center, where all these animals are, is open Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 5.30.
0: <laughs> well, um, the long-range forecast next Thursday, the 11th, Colleen, Mm -hmm. Charlene, you ready Uh, for this?
3: Yep. Snow. No.
0: (laughs) No way. No way. (laughs) So we'll we'll see. I mean, it's going to be so warm that if anything happens, uh, it's going to melt fast. But it's sort of like old man Winter is just huffing and puffing. He's jogging trying to keep up. He's got one last thing to do here. So.
3: Well, I sure have been enjoying the sunshine. It's just been beautiful. Oh, yes. And I, there's a lot in bloom. I see so many of the spring bulb plants pushing through. It's so pretty. Yes.
0: Charlene, thanks so much for our relationship and for all the help that you've given people over the years and helping them connect with these uh, just wonderful pets. So we hope this continues.
3: Thank you so much for your support. Have a great day.
0: Charlene and friends at the Capital Humane Society, make them the first place that you go when you want to adopt a dog or a cat. Well, right now, Colleen, we mm-hmm. would typically be calling Preston mm-hmm. Dennett. Um, Preston is on vacation. I, I think he said his first real <laughs> vacation in 10 years. Yeah. So we wish him well, and uh, he will be back in May. Let's see. The date he'll be back is May 4th. He's always on with us that first Saturday of the month. I'm Scott Colborne with Colleen. Our special guest coming up in about 15 minutes is Bill Phillips, psychic medium and author. So what I've got for you here Mm -hmm. is a report from Branched Oak Lake. Ooh. And Branched Oak Lake Is northwest of Lincoln Probably 15, 18 minutes Something like that And these are reports That I've sort of gathered uh, As Time has gone back By I've been trying to fumble with my stuff And I've now got Reports handy So Uh, I've long noted that UFOs seem to appear in and around bodies of water it may be because of the need to cool things off Um, if they have um, lots of fiber optics cables and that gets hot they may need some way to, to try to cool that off it may be part of a um, system need It may be for their own needs It also may be because um, uh, A UFO If you'll permit me to say A flying saucer Can enter a body water And uh, when they go below the surface You can't see them So it's a nice place to sort of hide If you will right in plain sight And uh, I've noted over the years That I've gotten a number of reports From Branched Oak Lake So I thought this would be Colleen appropriate because we've got a lot of people that are starting to get out again and, mm-hmm. and camp and picnic and boat and swim mm-hmm. and. All um, these different activities, yeah. Maybe not swimming yet, but yeah, we're getting not, close. Yeah, not
1: quite swimming,
0: yeah. Okay, so here we go. Um, uh, story number one. Back in the late 80s and 90s, I was researching the case of a woman from Lincoln who was having personal extraordinary experiences. They included contact with UFOs and UFO occupants. One Friday night, she drove by herself to Branch Oak Lake to sit quietly in the parking lot by the dam and watch the sunset. This was summertime. As she sat there, she saw the night sky emerge and the beautiful surroundings. At some point, she fell asleep, and when she woke up, it was early morning. The sun was just coming up. Knowing that her family would be worried about her absence, she drove back to Lincoln and walked up to her front door to find the Sunday morning paper on her doorstep. Remember, she drove out there on Friday night, sat in the parking lot in her car, fell asleep, woke up, thought it was the next morning, drove home, and it was Sunday morning. She had no memory of that time period from Friday night to Sunday morning. And uh, interesting case. I arranged for her to meet a professional who had a doctorate in psychology and specialized training in hypnosis. And under hypnosis, this woman talked about She saw a E.T. craft. She was taken on board, uh, kept on board for over 24 hours, and then returned early Sunday morning. And Colleen, one of the interesting sort of byproducts of this Mm -hmm. is that if you or I went out there and parked her car Mm -hmm. and left it from Friday night to Sunday morning, we would probably find a ticket
1: Yeah, on on
0: the windshield. The windshield. Mm -hmm. So her car was in that lot from Friday night to Sunday morning without any ticket, which then raises the question, was her car still in the lot? Was her car in the lot, and was it somehow masks or disguised? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. if her car was in the lot and a, and a deputy drove down there and, and had marked the tire and saw that it would overstayed, did the uh, UFO have some ability to tell the deputy to, to move along, to skip that car? Mm-hmm. Interesting question. Anyhow, her car wasn't ticketed. Okay, so now we go to case number two. Um, I know this gentleman. I think he just recently retired, a deputy Uh, sheriff for Lancaster County, he was on his way making an emergency call in the rural Branched Oak Lake area in the middle of the night. And he knew this area like the back of his hand. It was part of this patrol area. So he goes flying down this county road near Branched Oak. Mm -hmm. And on his right, he sees this brightly lit area just off the road This was an acreage area and included some homes spread throughout the area. The area just off the road was lit up, quote-unquote, bright as day. He wondered to himself if somebody had built a house quickly that he'd somehow missed seeing the construction of on his patrols. And he vowed to go back during daylight and see it again. So I want you to again get that setting. It's pitch black, middle of the night. He comes flying down this road, and over on his right, it's all lit up, brightest day. Right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Several days later, he drove down the exact road, and at the place where he'd seen the bright lights, there was vacant ground and no construction. Nothing there.
2: Hmm.
0: When I asked him what he thought he'd seen, without hesitation, he replied matter-of-factly, it was a UFO, either landed and on the ground or hovering just above the ground. Now, I don't know the area specifically, but he implied that it was east of the Branchdoke Lake area. This is Scott Colborn with Colleen and a special report on UFO sightings in the Branchdoke Lake area just northwest of Lincoln. Story number three. Shortly after year 2000, a young man came into my former place of business, and he told me that he'd been fishing at Branch Oak on the dam, fishing for walleye. It was the middle of the night, and he suddenly saw a light overhead, motionless and without sound. It began to come down directly overhead, so he grabbed his fishing gear and ran to the parking lot, and he drove back to Lincoln. He told his brother the story, and his brother said, let's go back out there. So the next night... They were out there at the lake again fishing. They saw a bright light overhead while fishing, and suddenly he and his brother sensed that there was something or someone behind them on the face of the dam. Hmm. They turned around and saw a number of disc-shaped objects about the size of pie plates hovering about five feet off the rocks on the upslope of the dam. As they watched the disks, the disks began to slowly stair-step down the rocks. So as they were watching these disks hovering there, they would make a, a motion in unison and they would come down and stop. Hover, Mm -hmm. come down and stop. Hover, coming towards them. The brothers grabbed their gear, they left the minnow bucket in the water and they ran for their car. As they drove away, they drove over the face of the dam on the road that would have been a hard turn to the left and it straightens out then and goes to the highway. So they're going through that hard turn to the left They see a bright light coming up really fast on their rear. And as they went around the curve, the light went off the road and cut across the curve to close the gap. So the light was not following the contour of the road. The young man told me that the light followed them all the way back to Lincoln and left just as they approached the downtown area. Story number four. My name is Anthony. In the early fall of 2007, I had an experience I will never forget. I like to catfish. The best times to catch the master anglers are after late night, early morning. So we were out fishing at Branched Oak Lake at 3 o'clock in the morning. It was pretty chilly, probably 50, 55 degrees so we were enjoying a couple of beers as we sat 100 feet north excuse me, a couple hundred feet north, on the rocks at the south side of the dam at Branchstoke Lake. We were facing the west. All of a sudden, something catches my eye on the east end of the lake. It's what appears to be a huge spotlight shining on a low passing by over the middle of the lake. I can see that this light is coming from an object that is slowly moving north parallel to us. I quickly realize that there is something in the sky, but I don't hear anything. As this thing is moving north, it lines up directly in front of us. The light is off at this point. Then this object does a 90 degree turn and starts to head directly at us. Branched Oak is a fairly sizable lake So from where we were sitting to where it was turning, it was probably about 150 yards, so call it a football field and a half. As I'm watching this object move towards me, I realize again that I can't hear it. I can't hear anything. So I'm just staring and trying to figure out what this thing is. I don't remember anything specific, just trying to figure out what it could be. This object is only moving at about five miles an hour, very, very slow. It's getting closer and closer until it's about a hundred feet in front of us and about a hundred feet above us. It was at this point that I realized that I really didn't know what I was looking at. When it was across the lake, I could see an object but not really a shape. Now that it was almost directly above us, I still couldn't make out a shape. The only thing I can say is that it appeared to be a triangular shape it was like it was translucent and the stars were moving. It wasn't until it was directly overhead that I heard a sound. It wasn't an ear-exploding, booming sound. I say felt because I could feel the energy of this object that was moving over the top of us. It was a sound that was calming. At the same time, it felt so powerful, I could feel it on my bones. It was only at this point that I realized what I was looking at. I also was quite aware that this object knew that we were there. I don't know how to explain it, but I just felt like it knew we were there. Kind of felt like a jackrabbit sitting there and being stared at by something. I felt the power. When I mention the next part, I usually lose people. The light appeared for probably 15 to 20 seconds. It came out of no place and it was like something had opened up and the light appeared and then it closed again. The object started moving east just as slowly as it appeared. The whole experience probably lasted 10 minutes. My buddy thinks it happened a lot faster. He also thinks the object was a lot bigger than I think it was. My best guess would be two to 300 feet long. There's no way I can guess the height or width because um, it was so hard to distinguish. I can't recall if we immediately looked at each other or we paused. But when I was finally able to move, I remember looking at my friend. He was looking at me. We both were in shock. One of us said, what the blank blank was that? I have no blank blank idea. Let's get the heck out of here. We never loaded our stuff up so fast. We ran, and I mean ran, back to the car and sped off. On the way back to Lincoln, I remember us talking and trying to figure out, was it a plane, a helicopter? But I think we both knew what it was. When I got home, I woke my girlfriend up and I told her. She said I looked scared and was ghost white. So he goes on in the story and says he still goes out to Branched Oak. Um, He doesn't feel threatened. Sometimes he feels a little bit on edge. Uh, he does feel like he 's got a connection there, and whenever he stops on the east side of the uh, the dam, uh, there's something that he feels right behind him there uh we 're about out of time, so i 'm just going to uh, narrate this very quickly. Story number five: I was at the lake with some friends, about four of us. we saw this anomaly I was just stargazing when I noticed a red light to the west moving up and down repeatedly, and the light started to move side to side. The distance it was moving was several miles apart, but it would move that in maybe a second, and repeated to move up and down, side to side for about 10 minutes. When above us, a military jet flew overhead toward the object, when it began to close on the object, the object shot from straight in front of me to directly to my right, which had to be over 20 miles, in the blink of an eye. The jet, to get from where it had to go, was almost a minute to get close again. When it did finally get close again, the object zoomed back to where it had started, then began to bob up and down and side to side. The jet would try to close on this thing two or three more times, and the same result. This UFO would just zip out of the area, hover, and sort of wait for it like it was a cat-mouse and game. So those are five stories that I've collected, and I'm sure there's more. If you'd like to add to any of those stories about your Branch Stoke Lake experience, I'm pretty easy to track down. My name's Scott Colborn, and you're listening to Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. If you go out to Branch Stoke, keep your eyes open. Let's take our, our break now, Colleen. Okay. We'll come back with our, our special guest, Bill Phillips. Mm-hmm. Scott and Colleen and you guys and gals, we are exploring unexplained phenomena.
5: Myself around and had to lie. sweet
0: the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln, and KZUM HD.
4: My name is Manny Morales. I'm 45 and I coach youth football. It's still hard to believe because the high school me was a work in progress, but Big Brothers Big Sisters give me a real role model, and the young me
5: neither a role model, bad. My bigger brother's name is Ray, and Ray is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a role model himself. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council.
0: This program is made possible in part by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.
4: KZUM's new podcast partners program aims to support producers of original content who are motivated to create podcasts that enrich the perspectives of our audience as an extension of KZUM's mission to inform and entertain the Lincoln community. If you're interested in bringing a podcast idea to life, the podcast partners program might be for you. Find out more and apply at KZUM.org slash podcasts.
6: Far from the din of commercial culture and just this side of the abstract is a place I call Mesoterra. I'm Vic Valverde, your tour guide for an eclectic musical excursion on a program called Mesoterra. Saturdays, 12 noon until 1.30, right here on KZUM.
0: This is Scott Colborne with Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. Colleen here is in the studio. I've got some great Sulawesi coffee in my cup. And I just finished reading Signs from the Other Side, Opening to the Spirit World. This is the latest book by Bill Phillips. Now, Bill was with us back in 2017 The book was titled, Expect the Unexpected, Bringing Peace, Healing, and Hope from the Other Side. So when I heard that Mr. Phillips had a brand new book out, I was eager to get him back on the program. Uh, The gentleman's got a special gift, and I'm glad that he can be with us on this Saturday morning to talk about the book and about what he does. Uh, Let's welcome Bill Phillips, to the broadcast. Mr. Phillips, good morning, sir.
7: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Where do we find you this wonderful morning?
7: You will find me in sunny um, Southern California.
0: And um, have you folks had a lot of the rain down there, or is that just the northern part?
7: Oh, my gosh. This has been one of the heaviest rains that I ever recall (laughs) happening. In this area, it was it was pretty intense. It was real. I'm actually grateful now that we're moving past it and the sun is coming out because it was a very cold winter for us. Hmm.
0: Um, we've got in the studio here my sidekick Colleen, and uh, I enjoyed having you back on the program in 2017 with that book, Expect the Unexpected. Your life and your work has continued. What led you to write this latest book called Signs from the Other Side?
7: You know, I really wanted to empower people and inspire them to understand the subtleties that Spirit sends to us every day. um, Mm -hmm. Without having to have someone seek out answers from, let's just say, going to a medium, you know, not everyone has the access to see a medium, so I, I really wanted to empower people to sort of have the the guidebook to connect them with their loved ones, um, regardless of their background or even their belief system. I, I really wanted to uh, help people make the connection on their own, and I I really feel that we're all we all have the ability to connect through our own personal experiences, and within the stories that are in this particular book, I I know that that's exactly what happens, is that someone will read a story and go, oh my gosh, I, I experienced this exact same thing, but I was too afraid to maybe vocalize it or mm-hmm. share it with my family because of mm-hmm. maybe their belief system, you know? So this is really sort of a, a catalyst to have that um, awareness, to be able to make the connection on your own.
0: Mm-hmm we have families of origin that impact us uh, both great and small are you going to give a copy of this book to your grandmother
7: <laughs> um i would i would gladly do it and um I I, I would happily give her a copy of that. Now, I I can't guarantee that she would read it, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. She might, you know, she might have a different, well, I know she has her different beliefs about it, but Mm -hmm. at at this point, at this point on our journey, you know, we have sort of had this um, agreement to, you know, certain things are on the table, certain things off the table. So I I respectfully, you know, um, honor that within her and, you know, and respect her belief system. And that's really the, Amazing thing about this on any level is that, um, you know, we're we're here to respect everyone and to connect with them, and not not to judge their beliefs. Because we all have our own different beliefs about life and our different opinions. And I'm I'm the, I'm that person as well. Never to push my my beliefs or or my awareness on anybody else, but really just to kind of leave it there, you know, and if if it's within their highest good, it'll be be brought to their attention. Mm -hmm. That's another reason why I wrote this book as well was not, you know, not to be pushy by any means, but, you know, there's so much curiosity um, on a global scale, you know, but there's also a lot of um, fear and confusion about the other side and about, you know, the spirit world. So I, I really wanted to sort of bridge that gap and... Just sort of leave this information there, and you know when it when it's time for the for the teacher to arrive. You know that's kind of what happens, and mm-hmm. I and I, I know that that's sort of how um, spirit guides us as well. You know, it, it might just be that that curiosity leads you to this to this work and. Um, And that's why that's what I love about about, you know, life and um, and it's having that free will is that we have the ability to choose and create whatever reality we
2: choose.
0: This is Bill Phillips, the author of the previous book, Expect the Unexpected, which is a title, Bill, that I absolutely love. I just I mean, (laughs) you could you could do hours worth just on that title. Uh, and this brand-new book that has this gorgeous cover is called Signs from the Other Side, Opening to the Spirit World. I, I want to say to your grandmother that uh, that you, Mr. Phillips, are a remarkable young man, and I want to thank your grandmother for the support and the love and nurturing that she's given you over the years. She's been kind of a catalyst in some ways, she's been a ballast, a grounding influence, um, and she's given you a great basis. You know, if if she didn't have her own doubts, maybe you wouldn't have gone to the extra steps to validate this gift that you've got. Um, she's also taught you to stand on your own two feet, and to use your head, and also to act from your heart. So, Ladies and gentlemen, I say all this as a prelude to asking Bill some some tough questions about growing up. Because I understand, Bill, that you did not have the best childhood.
7: Yes, and I I appreciate you saying that, Scott. You know, um, this is one gift that my grandmother has bestowed upon me is that she definitely instilled faith within me, and that mm-hmm. is something that ha- that was my guiding light um, since I was a child. And you know, every every house has has a story, right? And when I was a child, you know, um, and looking back at it now, you know, I don't have any kind of negative negative association with it. It's only been empowering for me to have taken the, that experience and turn it into something positive within my life at this point. Um, but, you know, I, I, had a pretty traumatic childhood, you know, my parents both suffered from addiction and I was tossed around as a, as a child. And um, when I was six years old, my mom actually kidnapped me and took me across the country from uh, California to New York. And um, I was there for just about three years. And within that time, you know, it was, it was, it was very intense and, and it was something that a child probably shouldn't have gone through, you know, to be honest. Oh,
0: without a um, doubt, so. you shouldn't have gone through. It. No,
7: <laughs> no Yeah. Yeah. But you know, w- within that time though, um, that's where my, that's where my faith really kicked in, you know, and that's where I had this, um, awareness, not knowing how to really label that awareness. I didn't know what to call it at the time being so young, but all I knew is that when I went within, you know, that I felt an energy protecting me and I didn't even know to label it as energy. You know, all I knew is that it was my safe place when that trauma was occurring, you know, or when, um, you know, I had to have faith to the very last minute that, yes, you know, the food would, would show up magically, you know, or even some at times the next bed would show up as well. You know, it just depended on me going to that place and having that, having that blind faith. And that is something that got me through that time. And, you know, three years later, or just about three years later, um, you know, my mother was, um, you know, she, she wasn't able to, to be that provider for me, unfortunately when I was there. So, um, I was, I was shipped back to the West coast to be with my dad who was living in Vegas at the time. And um, I was there for about six months with him. And then we um, went back to California and it was like the same thing. It was like, you know, it was like the same nightmare basically (laughs) reliving it on the West Coast. Um, And I was, I was there um, and I was kept from my mother for, you know, for a very long time, almost six years. And we had this incredible bond regardless of her lifestyle or whatever was going on with her. The love was so palpable, and that was something else that I learned, you know, was just um not to have any judgment. and so th- we 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 had this this guiding light connection between us. and um for almost six years, I was, you know we we were kept apart from each other. And then one day, you know, she goes into the hospital and um, she doesn't leave the hospital, and she actually, passed within one week of um, being admitted to the hospital of pancreatic cancer. And I was able to fly out on a red eye on Friday and get there Saturday morning to basically, you know, have that last moment with her to say goodbye to her physically. Um, and, you know, as her only child and through all of this trauma that we both had experienced together, you know, it was, it was very heartbreaking to experience that as a, as a 14, almost 15-year-old. Um, and I thought my life was over at that point. It was just very, very challenging for me. Um, but, you know, there's always a blessing in the skies with anything that we experience. And for me, that blessing came two nights later when I woke up to her, <laughs> to her spirit in the room. And that was, for me, the, the life-changing moment. I didn't realize it at the time. You know, mm-hmm. I had a lot of feelings about what I had experienced, mm-hmm. but I know, looking back on it, that that was was the catalyst, that was the opening to my awareness um, to further develop my understanding of of this connection, you know, and so um, she's one of my biggest allies, you know, in heaven on the other side and has just completely honored my path and honored who I am to be able to share myself with, you know, with the world in this capacity, so... I am very grateful to her, you know um, but you know we i I'm also a firm believer that we we sort of uh have these agreements you know before we come into the physical world and this was our agreement together and um every every wounded healer has a story, you know, and uh that's that's my story, and that's what broke my my heart open to let that light in and um i and i'm 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 actually truly grateful for that experience
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i honor what you just said when you use that term wounded healer Uh, i think that is so important and to me that really uh rings true and authenticates mr phillips who you are and your work and i think you've done a great job um We're not going to go into any more detail about the background, but uh, suffice it to say that it's remarkable that Bill Phillips is where he is right now uh, in spite of or perhaps because of that childhood upbringing and uh, what he went through. So uh, when we come back from the top of the hour break, I want to get more into your life work. And, uh, boy, I've got questions. I hope you've got answers.
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, what does
0: a psychic medium enjoy for a beverage? Uh, what do you have by your elbow?
7: <laughs> well, right now I have a bottle of water. I, I actually came from a, a, a morning workout, which I, I, I do every every morning as part of my routine. So water. Um and I this is gonna sound strange, but I, I love these um these soda drinks. They're called Zevias, and they're like a very healthy soda drink and i pretty much have that by my side i i love i love my um my soda pop kind of drinks to have near me mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
0: okay i've got uh this used to be called celebes and then celebes colossi mm-hmm. and then colossi and now it's called sulawesi but it's an indonesian coffee that is just my absolute ah. favorite so i'm going to pour myself another cup of coffee and uh, run some announcements we'll be back with more conversation And Bill, once again, thank you so much for being here and looking forward to our continuing the conversation.
7: Oh, thank you. I'm grateful. Thank you so much. Um,
0: Remarkable person, remarkable book, Signs from the Other Side, Opening to the Spirit World. We're going to get more into the nature of this book and the life work of Mr. Bill Phillips right after this. Scott Colborne, Colleen, Bill Phillips, And you guys and gals, we are exploring unexplained phenomena. Hey, the voice of the blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD.
4: Support for KZUM comes from family-owned and operated Butheris Mason, & Love Funeral Home at 40th and A Streets in Lincoln, offering services that allow families to plan ahead according to personal wishes, chapel facilities to accommodate all faiths, and grief support materials for the family following a service. More information is available at 402-488-0934
0: and online at bmlfh.com.
4: And by... The Haymarket Farmer's Market. Thanking its patrons and vendors for this past season. Vendor inquiries for the 2019 season at
7: 402-435-7496 and lincolnhaymarket.org. KZUM and the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum present
0: How's It Growing? Nature Walks and Garden Talks 2019. Welcome spring and join Bob Hendrickson of KZUM's How's It Growing? And Friends of Wilderness Park on a guided nature hike. Learn how to identify and harvest wild plants while getting away from the hustle and bustle of the city. Join us Saturday, April 13th, 10 a.m. to noon at Wilderness Park. Find out more on Facebook and at
6: KZUM.org. Full moon lights the silver rails winding around dark mountains and over steep gorges of jagged rock and one freezing cold rushing black mountain river. I wish there was enough time to describe all of the funny twists and turns that led up to now, but there isn't enough time. Because there's a ticking clock and the two passengers we care most about don't know anything about it. To see what happens next, visit read.gov to read The Exquisite Corpse, a riveting adventure pieced together by John Sheska, Shannon Hale, Daniel Handler, and other popular authors. Explore new worlds. Read. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Far from the din of commercial culture and just this side of the abstract is a place I call Mesoterra. I'm Vic Valverde, your tour guide for an eclectic musical excursion on a program called Mesoterra. Saturdays, 12 noon until 1.30, right here on KZUM.
0: Scott Colborn with Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. Colleen is here. Our guest is Bill Phillips. His latest book is Signs from the Other Side. And uh, Colleen, do you want to wish your brother a happy birthday?
1: Oh, yes. Um, What's call, his name? His name is Ramey. Um, He He has turned 19 as of March... Oh, not 20. He is 19 for the year 2019. <laughs> so I want to wish him a happy birthday because, you know, we've had a really... Hard childhood, mm-hmm. and you know he has. You know he has um, bipolar disorder. Um,
0: he's a unique young man. Yeah,
1: he's a unique young man, and I'm really glad that you know he's uh, you know decided to
0: continue living. Good, you know. And you're glad that he's your brother, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Good. And we had fun. We had because we, we played some video games last night, so we had some fun just hanging out together, and you know. Being good teammates and that kind of thing. And you're going to
0: have a celebration tomorrow. and um, We're not going to tell the people what you're going to have, but it <laughs> sure sounded good.
1: Yeah, it's, we have a pretty good menu, and, and we asked him what he wanted, and he told us what he wanted. Wow. So we got the ingredients and everything going.
0: You got, you know, I haven't had breakfast yet, but you got me celebrating to beat the band there. <laughs> okay, so Ramey, happy birthday. Uh, with us is happy Bill birthday. Phillips, and uh, Bill makes us home out in Southern California. And he is a psychic medium. So, uh, Bill, give the people listing kind of a thumbnail sketch of what a psychic is, what a medium is, and then your profession as a psychic medium.
7: Yeah, you know, and I, you know, um, I actually, there, there's so many terms that are kind of thrown around nowadays. You know, um, psychic medium is Probably the most prominent term, you know, everyone has. Most people have heard of the word psychic, you know, and so basically, a psychic is or intuitive is someone who is able to tune into, you know, carnate energy, um, you know, past, present, future is able to get imp- like impressions of um, things that are that are energetically left behind. Um, and a medium is someone who is able to use those psychic senses. To channel the other side. So a lot of times, um, you know, before I start, um, a reading or an audience event, I always, um, explain my process, but I also explain that I like to call myself a channel that that just resonates with me. You know, yes, psychic medium is true, but I I love the word channel. If you just think about a channel of light, letting information, letting spirit flow through that, that's really, um, a great visual and a great analogy for how this works with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we're, we're all designed, we were all designed to be sensitive, to be psychic, to be empathic. Um, And, you know, sometimes when we don't have that awareness, um, it could be a little bit overwhelming. You know, sometimes, you know, you might have trouble going into public places or being around a lot of people or, you know, there's, there's so many things that come along with that awareness. Um, And I have seen a lot of people, um, you know, sort of be so confused about, you know, why they're experiencing these intense feelings or, you know, why they have such anxiety or, or or situations like that. And um, a lot of, a lot of it does, in my opinion, stem from the fact that there's just, this, um, this awareness, this empathy that, that we were born with, we came in with that maybe wasn't explored or maybe, um, you know, was put down or wasn't given the ability to understand the energy behind it. You know, so um, I, I, I truly believe that we all were designed to use that, in, that intuition and to use that psychic awareness to be a guiding light for us while we're here in this life.
0: What's the difference, Bill, between a spirit and a ghost?
7: Well, you know, in essence, they are the same thing. Um, A ghost is, you know, what pop culture has so um, largely portrayed as, you know, these hauntings and, you know, basically a soul who's sort of um, lost or is... uh, stuck in between there you know has it truly crossed over to the light so what happens with a ghost or an earthbound entity is that they are not willing to accept the fact that they're that they're dead so they they sort of they they stay closer to the to the earth plane and because of that they're they're more able to sort of leave a little bit more dramatic impressions for us, you know. So um, I've, I've experienced this, especially in my youth when I didn't have those boundaries with mm-hmm. them at first, you know. Um, I, I, I experienced a lot of things with, like, door slamming. And, I mean, I even had an experience once where, I I uh, helped clear um, these two ghosts out of out of a house, and they were just going crazy, and and a, a painting flew off the wall, and it was very dramatic. And I was like, "This is too much. This is this is too dramatic. This is." And also, it was draining as well. So I I totally commend um, those specific people that work specifically with the earthbound spirits because it does take a lot of. Um, <laughs> a lot of will and a lot of energy to, um, you know, to basically be, to be available to that realm, you know, but it is very intense because there's so much confusion going on, you know, with that particular, um, energy. So that's what a ghost is. And, and a spirit basically, you know, is someone who has achieved more of that ascension and has, let the light take them over. You know they they're they've accepted what's what, what's happened and they've reviewed their life and they've allowed the healing to happen. So I I always like to give this analogy and it's from a very one of my favorite movies, which is Beetlejuice. And I know it has a little bit of dark humor to it, but when you know they're sitting in the in the waiting room grabbing the ticket, you know waiting for their social worker, there there is some truth how that works, you know, we all have guides and we all have a committee around us. And when we die and leave the physical body behind, that's sort of what happens. You know, we, we have someone who comes in to help us understand our review, you know, the lessons that we set in place to learn when we were here Maybe things that we weren't as courageous to explore, you know, maybe we let fear kind of creep in and didn't really allow ourselves to be in the moment when, when we were in the flesh, you know, but we all have that, um, that opportunity when we leave the physical body behind. And then there's, you know, then there's ascended masters, you know, when you think about like, Jesus Christ or Buddha, these highly evolved souls that came here to like, basically bring this awareness on a global scale. Um, they're in the light, you know, they're definitely a higher form of, of energy. And then we also have the angels and the angels have never been in a physical body before a physical incarnation. They are the highest, brightest form of energy that exists. And we all have them around us. Um, especially depending on what lessons we're going through. So, um, what I've seen over the years, especially through, um, through channeling and and giving readings is that these, these different souls, these, these different spirits are sort of sent to us to help us through, um, life's different lessons and, you know, sort of what we pre-planned before we came into this, into this physical awareness from the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So, if people that have gone um, to the light and they've crossed over as a spirit, um, can they make a choice to come back here, if you'll allow me to use that term, and visit? Mm-hmm. Uh, and is it their choice, or do they have to go before a committee that says, eh, let's see, Scott, okay, you haven't been back over there for about three weeks? So, yeah. Why don't you bop over there, or Charlie? Man, you just were over there yesterday. You got to hang out here for a while, okay? So, <laughs> how does that work?
7: Yeah, I, I love how you put that. Um, you know, I I feel and I know that once they've gone through that review, they have the they have the gift of free will. So they're able to do whatever they choose, um, especially once they've. Accepted everything and, and they really are in that awareness state. Um, they either will, you know, come back and sort of guide other people. So, you know, let's say that somebody had um, major addiction, you know, in life, or mm-hmm. let, let's even say that, let's even say that somebody um, passed through their own hand, you know, and, um, and they maybe were, maybe were a little bit, you know, stuck for a little bit of time, but, but but eventually understood what happened and why they made the choices that they did. And then they are, um, shutting those layers of, of that, of that, of that grief and that ego, that those human layers behind, Um, once they have crossed into the light and they have that awareness, a lot of times, what I see is that they actually come back and help guide other people to maybe you know make different choices or or have a different awareness. So um, it really depends on the soul's journey. It really depends on 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 their resonance and and on their on their passion. Um, but what I find is that a lot of times they're making their wrongs or right over there. So if um, if somebody um, passed away from like addiction, it's very possible and and maybe even common to say that they would be helping someone here going through that same type of challenge. Um, And, you know, I've I've seen so many different stories and cases with this, but um, sometimes they will come back pretty shortly afterwards, they'll reincarnate, but a lot of times what I see is that they actually hang out with their soul group, so they will stay around, they will give these signs, you know, to the living that, hey, I'm with you. I haven't left. I'm right by you. Um, and I'm going to be experiencing and helping you on your journey, you know, without interfering too much with the free will of the living. They definitely are, are leaving, um, you know, these trails behind to show us that um, we're all connected and um, that, you know, we're all one and we're all in this journey, journey together.
0: So, Bill, one of the questions I wanted to ask you after having read your book is, uh-huh. if, I, if I ask for a sign from my father, he passed in 1980, um, uh-huh. is that okay, or is that sort of like Jerry Lewis calling out, lady, <laughs> you know, am I bugging dad should I not be asking for that sign cuz he's busy over there stuff to do classes to take evolving uh is is that okay for for we who are living here on earth to say you know I love you and can you give me a sign?
7: Oh what, what do you gosh. think Bill? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, they actually honor it. They they love it. They they thrive off of that connection. So Um, and you know, the, the amazing thing about it, you know, we, we have time here in the physical, we, you know, time is something that is in essence, man made, you know, where, where they, where they reside, time doesn't exist. So it's, it's not the same. There's, it's just, there's no time and space the way that we experience here. So it doesn't matter if someone had passed away, you know, um, 40 years ago or, you know, 80 years ago. Um, if if they are still on the other side, you know, and they haven't come back, and they're there, um, they will definitely come through with those signs. Um, and and I, I encourage people to actually give give them permission to bring those signs through. That's super super important. Okay, like, that's a,
0: that's a great way to phrase it. Yeah. To to give them permission to say that you'd like. Um, some sign or a contact, and that you're okay with that, and to give them permission. Um, because I would love to have something for my father. You know, we we had a tumultuous uh, end of life. Uh, dad, uh, I now know, uh, as I've gotten older and more mature, he was trying to self-medicate from the mm-hmm. horrors that he experienced in World War II. Incredible, yeah. incredible stuff, and. They called it shell shock, and now it's post traumatic stress. But he suffered from that, and then he used uh, used alcohol to sort of medicate that, and uh, died in an early death. And so, uh-huh. uh, I would love—I'm going to do that. I'm going to start tonight and <laughs> and just get quiet and say, "Dad, I love you very much, and I'd love to to see or hear or, or receive a sign from you, and I give you my permission to do that. If it isn't If it isn't bugging you too much.
7: (laughs) Well, you know, and I find it interesting as well because, you know, when even when I give explanations about how this works, a few minutes ago when I was explaining to you how someone that maybe, you know, had the addiction or self medicated, remember how I was saying that to you? Yeah. I actually feel like I already have, he's been around me. And what I want to tell you is that he's already given you the signs. Um, And I know that he works through electricity like light bulbs, televisions, things like that, radio specifically, um, specifically radio. So um, he's he's actually been making those contacts with you um, since he's left. And I would just yeah. And I I would just encourage you, you know, to, um, of course, now, you know, give him permission again and, and let him know that you're available and ready to really see those signs. Mm
0: hmm. Uh, Bill, before yeah. we take this bottom-of-the-air break, we've got time to talk about some of the signs. Uh, that's the first word in your brand-new book's title, Signs from the yeah. Other Side. So um, we all wish that mom or dad or our grandparents would appear before us and say, Hey, Scott, do those dishes that have been sitting there for two days, you know? but uh-huh, sometimes uh-huh. it comes, <laughs> that contact comes in other ways. So let's kind of talk about some of those ways that our loved ones reach out to us, Bill.
7: You know, and there's so many ways. I mean, even the examples that I share in this book, there's probably there's probably an infinite number of ways that spirit will want to make those those signs known. And, it, what, and really what I find is that it, it depends on the unique connection, you know, between that relationship. So um, it, it's really interesting, actually. I, um, I met with someone a few weeks ago um, doing another interview, and she had shared with me that her father um, had sent her signs of paperclip and, and she went into the explanation behind it. How you know it was their connection? They had spoken about it in life. You know, it, it was part of um, his his workforce. You know, and whenever she would feel him or sense him, she always thought paper clips would appear in shoes. Now that might sound strange, but to her, there was this resonance with it. There was this incredible synchronicity with that connection. They they will use anything within our reference to give us that awareness. So, um electricity is a huge sign. You know, music is a huge sign. Um, I know for me, my mother likes to send me a few different signs. Um, One of them has always been a white butterfly. And, you know, I don't know why that was the sign that was chosen, but it just took me to be aware of the fact that every day, you know, when I would think of her, I would see randomly, not no joke, a white butterfly would fly by or if I was driving on the road, you know, a car would get in front of me and there would be a sticker of a white butterfly, you know, or I would get a card in the mail and on the cover of the card was a white butterfly. Mm-hmm. There were so many ways that it was appearing that once I, once I noticed the, this trend and, and, and this theme, you know, that's where my awareness caught on to it. Um, Another way that um, she likes to send signs to me is through numbers. And back in the 90s, when we had pagers, you know, before cell phones were so relevant, um, I I had a pager for a short period of time. And um, she used to page me 143. And in fact, that used to become kind of like our our code word is saying 143 to each other as I love you, code for I love you. And I cannot tell you how many times I see 143 around me, whether it be my cell phone, like l- literally um, flashing or glowing at the time, 143, mm-hmm. to a car getting in front of me, 143, you know, um, receipts having that number on them. Um, so that's a, that's another huge sign as well. License plates. Really be aware, you know, when you're having... Um, having that awareness or really deep down wanting that sign, um, they love to orchestrate those symbols through license plates because it's the, it's, it's such a a remarkable way of receiving the sign because you have no control over it. Like you're not intentionally driving behind the car. You know, what happens is that you're putting out the request, you know, you're, um, subconsciously driving, you know, whenever we're driving, we're not fully there. We're, we're somewhere else. And it's like a miracle that we actually make it to our destination. But anyway, so when, when we're, when we're driving, for example, pay attention to cars getting in front of you. Look at the license plate, especially if you are really, um, wanting to have that experience. They, they use that, they use that form a lot of times to orchestrate, um, sense as well. You know, pay attention to scents that normally wouldn't be there. Um, you know, change, pennies from heaven. Um, this, is re- this is reminding me of, uh, of a story um, separate from the book, but still very powerful. Of I had, I had given an audience reading a couple of years ago, and during that reading, this woman's husband came through, and he kept talking about how he was going to send her a penny heads up, very, very shortly after that experience and um she actually contacted me afterwards because she had told me that after the event she went to have lunch and when her when her lunch was being brought after her on top of her plate there was a penny heads up. And wow. so this was the con this was the confirmation and I mean of of all places, I mean how did it get there, you know? So um change very, very very um particular as well with the signs. Um Anything within nature you know they're 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 just using anything within our awareness to give us that connection
0: bill i had uh, uh then I had a sign yesterday because uh, ever since i've been a kid i've been fascinated by people that either drop spill, let go, loose change and one yeah. one trip to Florida from our family driving down to from Nebraska down to Florida and back, I made a point of checking all the payphones and got 2 to $3 in change just from, from change people had left. And you know, when you start looking for it, it's, it's all over the place. So I walked out, uh, I teach guitar, and so I walked out yesterday from where I, I teach guitar at, and I'm walking to my car and I look down and there's a penny. And it's sort of <laughs> scuffed, but I, I always pick them up. So I picked it up and got in my car and looked at it, and it says 1994 for the, the date mm. of the mint. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't think anything about it until our show today, and talking about asking for you know something from my father. So my daughter was born um, July 19th, 1994, and that was my also the birth date of my father so oh my god i find a penny that has their shared birth date um so yeah
7: and that's amazing too and that's something as well that i want to point out is to really look at to look at the year on the penny as well there's usually a correlation with the year or the date on the penny so I actually thank you for saying that because it actually split my mind right now that that is a, a that is a huge way that they would validate for us is through pennies change and the date on them and isn't it interesting that how at first it didn't you know register until you kind of sat with your awareness for a little bit you know so right. that's kind of how they that's sort of how they work they're they're just trying to leave so many different symbols and you know their signs can also shift and change over time because we as individuals shift and change over time as well. So um, I love that example.
0: Yeah, I, I took your book, Signs from the Other Side, to my studio. And so I thought, well, if I have any breaks between lessons, I'm going to grab the book and, and read some more from it. So I, I had your book in my hand as I walk out last night and I looked down and I see that penny and uh, finished the book last night and then now it comes to me that, that July 19th was the shared birth date for my father and my daughter and she was born in 1994 the date on the penny so well,
7: Thank- and, and you know what else yeah and you know what else that also um signifies as well um a lot of times when we have that occurrence of, let's say, a grandparent um, having the same date of a grandchild or even the, the death date of a grandchild's birthday or a child's birthday. It's a very um, universal sign and universal symbol that that soul has chosen to be a guide to that particular um, child. So that would be even more confirmation for you to know that uh, that was the agreement <laughs> on the soul level.
0: Between them? Uh, It's a remarkable book Signs from the Other Side, Opening to the Spirit World. Um, When my mother passed Bill in uh, 2014, Mm -hmm. she was uh, from Superior, Nebraska, a little town on the Nebraska Kansas border, about two hours from Lincoln, where I speak to you from. And so we had done the memorial service in Lincoln at the church she attended. And then uh, we were going to get in the car and drive down to Superior for her internment and burial. Well, between leaving Lincoln and driving down, I stopped by her house and walked in the backyard. And then in the redbud tree, a bright cardinal flies into the tree and sits there and is looking towards me and is chirping and very melodic. And I had that sense that this cardinal was showing up uh, because of my mother.
7: Yes, and I, I love how you put that. You had this sense, and that's something to pay attention to when you're when you're receiving the signs. You know, there there typically will be an intuitive awareness of what's going on. You know, you might get the chills. You might feel you might feel more emotional than normal. You know, you might have tears of joy, you know, your your body will um, send you that that signal on some level that what you're experiencing is divinely sent to you. So I, I love how you put that, and that's something to um, keep to keep um, on your mind as well. Is that when when you have that awareness, that awareness is in essence also giving permission to spirit and also giving permission to yourself to receive that confirmation. So I love how you, you know, put yourself in that situation with that intention behind it, and then boom, there's, there there it appears. You know, and I always tell people as well, you know, because um, sometimes people will will doubt. Well, it, you know, is that was that a coincidence, or was that just you know me wanting to have that that experience? And so, what I would say to that question um, is to give give a, give them. Let it happen in threes. You know, I I'm such a um, uh, a believer in how they give us these signs in threes. So you know, it's I always say the third time's the charm. <laughs> you know, so if if the first time you you know you see the cardinal and you're like okay that could just be a coincidence, you know, and then you know that night you know you um, go check your mail and there's a card for you and on the card is a cardinal, you know, or something like that. Um, and then within a day or two, you experience it again in, in some capacity. There's your, there's your theme of threes behind that. Mm-hmm. So um, if anyone, you know, that is listening right now um, is wanting extra confirmation, just set up those ground rules with yourself, you know. And, um, and you will see that uh, they will deliver it in, in that sequence if you give permission for it.
0: This is Bill Phillips. His brand new book that just came out in March is Signs from the Other Side, Opening to the Spirit World. Ladies and gentlemen, as we take our bottom of the hour break, this is what I'd like to have you think about and ponder. This is big stuff. Here we go. What does the work of Bill Phillips suggest to you about each one of us? I'm going to give you a little hint. Even though our bodies die, the real essence of who we are does not. We continue. What incredible good news. Think about that. We'll be right back with Bill Phillips. I'm Scott Colborne with Colleen. And of course, you guys and gals, we appreciate you very much. Stay tuned for more.
5: down and spun myself around and had to laugh of sweet
0: Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD.
4: Hear from brand new KZUM voices from your community before they even have their show on the air. Tune in to Beta Radio every Saturday from 3.30 to 5 p.m. on KZUM to hear from new KZUM programmers hosting shows that we hope to bring you regularly very soon. Beta Radio is a practice field of sorts for newly trained hosts to use their new studio skills and take their program idea for a spin. It's something new every week on Beta Radio, Saturdays from 3.30 to 5 here on KZUM.
1: Support for This Week in Lincoln comes from the Bourbon Theater, Duffy's Tavern, Crescent Moon Coffee, Meadowlark Coffee, and the Zoo Bar. This is live music happening This Week in Lincoln. On Saturday, April 6th, the Tidball and Barger Band play Crescent Moon at 8. Laser Wolf starts at 9 at Bodegas. And the Zoo Bar hosts Artpocalypse at 6. With music by Gamma Goat, Todd Poor, Katie Jane, Her Flyaway Manor, and more. That's live music happening this week in Lincoln.
6: Far from the din of commercial culture, and just this side of the abstract, is a place I call Mesoterra. I'm Vic Valverde, your tour guide for an eclectic musical excursion on a program called Mesoterra. Saturdays, 12 noon until 1.30, right here on KZUM.
0: Scott Colborn with Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. We've been doing this show since October of 1984. We are the longest-running paranormal talk radio program in the world. And it's great to have you folks with us if you've just discovered us, if you're listening live at kzum.org worldwide, or if you've got the archive of the program. And that... Since I'm sort of time traveling because I'm talking to you later, but it seems like now for me. <laughs> and uh, Colleen's here, and we're enjoying the conversation with Bill Phillips.
7: Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say real quick that that's almost as old as I as I am. I was born in September of '84, so that's pretty amazing. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I've done this program for so many years. I am so blessed, Bill. People like yourself that I've met, and I'm the better for it. And we've had some fun along the way. Um, we've got some stories to tell, <laughs> and probably some <laughs> stories that we hope will never hear uh, see the light of day, but it's been a, a really interesting ride. Um, so we've got... These signs around us, uh, and
2: uh-huh.
0: is, it, is it like working with dreams? Because I've spent a lot of time in that arena, and the more credence that we give our dreams, the more interest that we put into that, it seems like the dream maker says, oh, Scott Colborne now is finally listening. Let's give him some more uh-huh. stuff.
7: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it has to do with that subconscious connection as well, and and really sort of um, tapping into that subconscious awareness. So, what you know, like you just said, when you give even yourself that permission to recall these dreams, you know, and recall those those um, those connections, they will develop. You know, I've had several people over the years that were having frustration because they really wanted to have a visitation from their loved one who crossed Mm -hmm. over in the, in the dream state, you know, and what they didn't realize is that it was already happening on that level. They, they just were sort of, they weren't connecting to it. So I, I would give them suggestions, you know, to really have that dialogue with that loved one before bed, you know, have a dream journal by the bedside because a lot of times what happens is that when you have that first initial experience of that visitation, you know, it's very moving. And so a lot of times you'll be moved awake with, with tears of, 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 of joy and emotion through that experience, you know? And, um, so it's very, very actually common to experience that type of sign. Um, and what I actually want to make clear right now is that, um, it, it's always a visitation when it's uplifting, when the soul is, surrounded by light, when they have nothing but love to share, you know, Um, sometimes it may just be them standing there glowing, you know, and what is not a visitation? What is sort of the ego part of ourselves creating this uh, illusion or fear-based experience is when somebody has a dream where, let's say, the loved one is not in a great space, you know, or they are angry or Blaming them or yelling at them—that—that is—that is the ego creating that experience. So it, it's really important to understand how to decipher, you know, what's the true visitation versus what's just our our human part of ourselves conjuring up that for the grief state. So I would say um, always pay attention to how the dream makes you feel.
0: Uh, Bill's got a very humorous part in here talking about doing a. Uh, a reading for a group of people, and he says, and I can't paraphrase, but he says, "I'm receiving information from uh, Lisa." Does that name connect with anybody? And some guy stands up and shouts, "Yeah, my name was my wife's name was Monica." <laughs> Lisa and Monica—they're totally different. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would imagine you that, know, that doing one of those group readings, um, God bless you, that must be really challenging because not only do you have the, eye, the the sense of the show, of the the evening, everybody is seated facing you, but then their loved ones, their best friends who passed on, they're all kind of like, Standing around, going, oh, Bill, Bill over here, Bill, <laughs> Bill over here, and how do you how do you sort all that out?
7: Yeah, you know, I and I I truly love doing these events because um, when when that particular soul is is with me, you know, they're they're bringing through such um, such clarity or such evidence that my my job is to really just be that messenger and to make sure it goes to the right person because um you know everyone wants it to be for mm-hmm. them and, and I totally completely honor that and and um mm-hmm. and love that. But what I find though is that, you know, once once we have the right recipient for that message, um, it sort of has this effect, this snowball effect where Everyone that's that's there that that's experiencing it feels the connection. And sometimes there are things that are said that can be a direct message for somebody mm-hmm. else as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what what I have to do is really just be grounded within myself and just let that truth come out and trust that it's gonna it's gonna connect with the person whom it's meant for. Mm-hmm. Um, but but my my job also is to tell people like you just said, no. It's not Monica, it's Lisa. So we don't want to make it fit. We want it to be a true connection. And, um, you know, I, um, I am so blessed to be able to, to deliver that with, with grace and with love, you know. And, and truly, when, when those connections happen, it's irrefutable. You know, it's, it's, it's very obvious. Um, and you can feel it's possible, too. You can feel the energy mm-hmm. um, through that experience.
0: Do do these uh, these souls, these spirits, that uh, that also show up or attend these gatherings, do they politely order themselves? Is there some sort of a uh, 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 gatekeeper mechanism that they line up and they take their turn, um, <laughs> or how do you sort that out? Because you could have. You can have a small, quiet voice that's very insistent. You can have a loud, booming voice. Um, does does yeah, some you know. does something about what you do is is there a can I use the term like a magnet that that somehow you're you're pulling out of that group one of those voices? How does that, how does how does that sort out?
7: Yeah, you know, I, I definitely, be, before I do anything like this, what I do is I, you know, I surround myself in the light, you know, I protect myself. But I also set an intention as well to let those souls who have the most to say or maybe to have the strongest connection who are going to be able to deliver that validation to step forward. Um, and what I find is that they actually like to help each other with the process. So. Okay. Um, you know, so so doing so doing a channeling like that. Um, what I find is that I usually have a very strong soul who wants to be the gatekeeper of that of that meeting. Let's just say, mm-hmm. and from that experience, they will sort of um, guide the mic around on the other side as well, and and go, hey, now it's your turn. Hey, pop in there. Hey, you know, you, you have a split second. Why don't you say something too? so they're they're all helping each other with that process, especially let's just say let's just say if someone's mom was was more shy in life and she was and she wasn't going to be wanting to make a scene you know in that type of environment she she may kind of piggyback on another another message you know she she may want to have someone who's very you know who's very loud over there kind of give give a little bit of of, of energy from her as well, or, or to to maybe help with that communication. So it's always a a group effort. And what I find is that they definitely are um, in cahoots together. They are helping each other with that process. And that is the most, for me, the most amazing part of it is that, um, people that, that come to these events that don't know each other, there's, there's always a connection afterwards because they find that, oh my gosh, you know, my sister passed away the same way as well on that on in that month or, or we, we share the same name or whatever it may be, there's always these connections and these parallels that sort of have a blanket effect um, mm-hmm. to receive that that comfort even if you're not getting a direct message. You're you're hearing something that literally makes the hand, the hair stand on edge in that in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's your confirmation.
0: One of the, the tests that I've used uh, for many, many years about something is um, in terms of authenticating it and making a distinction between um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Is <laughs> if it does, does, the, does the body of work, does it help people connect with God, enrich their faith, as it may individually be appropriate? Does it enrich that connection, or does it turn people away from God? And uh, I would say that, that, based upon what I've read in your book, that if anything, these people are being enriched, and they're being affirmed in their faith in a creator energy.
7: Am I yes, right, Bill? That is very true. You're very right. And and it really depends on the, um, the openness of that person as well, you know, but what, what I find is that it, it only helps, you know, it, it only helps people see things, um, through a different lens, not just a physical lens, but an emotional and spiritual lens. So a lot of times as well, what's, what's being channeled through from the other side is, Yes, the validation that their loved ones are around them, but also there's, there's this awareness and these, and the spiritual truth that we all sort of connect with that there is something larger than ourselves guiding us, you know, and there is something more than this physical life. And that's something that really does shine through, um, from the other side is to, is to, um, have that belief system. And it doesn't matter what your, Background is, you know, my 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 grandmother, um, you know, is a very devout Christian. So I have a lot of, of that philosophy that I still um, use within my life, you know. But I also take what resonates and what and what doesn't. I leave behind, and I I know that we all sort of develop our own connection in our own belief system. So definitely, when that when that connection happens, and that and those those layers of grief are shed. Um, one is able then to see that that light and to see that awareness. And, and that will have a trickle effect, and that will have a way of growing. So a lot of times when somebody does receive that confirmation from a medium, um, it's, it's like scratching the surface, but also opening a door for further self-discovery. And that's also the gift that keeps on giving with this.
0: We've been talking this morning with Bill Phillips, the author of Expect the Unexpected, and this brand new book, Signs from the Other Side, Opening to the Spirit World. Bill, I'd like to, to turn the microphone to you for about 60 seconds and have you um, say something from your heart to the audience listening. Oh, that's
7: awesome. Okay. You know, um, I feel guided to say that Um, we're truly never alone on this path. And although at times we can feel a tremendous disconnect from the world around us um, and we can let, you know, we can have that pain sort of um, take over. We always have the ability to shift our awareness and to disconnect from that ego voice within us and that there's always truly help and assistance available when you give permission to yourself in receiving that guidance and that help and also when we ask for it externally. So there's always opportunities for, um, for help and for healing if we create that intention within ourselves that we truly are never alone and with an open heart and an open mind, we can you know break those barriers, we can heal our hearts, and we can truly ascend to where we're supposed to be. So to anyone listening to this, truly know that you're never alone and there's always help available.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the website for Bill Phillips is Bill Phillips' P H I L I P P S. BillPhillips.com You'll also find uh, Bill Phillips, Psychic Medium Bill Phillips, on Facebook. And his publisher of this gorgeous new book is NewWorldLibrary.com You'll find more information on the book there as well. Uh, Bill, final question. Uh, What does Psychic Medium Bill Phillips do on a fun day off, what do you like to do for a hobby or, or just fun?
7: You know, I, um, I have, I've been blessed with two beautiful dogs and I love to take them on walks and connect with nature with them, you know, and just kind of have that connection with them. So I, I love to just, you know, be out, be out in nature and connect with the earth and, um, just connect with people as well. That's, that's why we're here, you know, and I love to have that, have that opportunity whenever I can.
0: Uh, Bill, thank you so much for taking time to be with us. I really appreciate it. I hope that you and your work continue for a long time. Uh, thank you for sharing your gifts this morning with us.
7: Thank you so much. I am so grateful for the opportunity, and thank you for, um, for doing all the good that you do in the world.
0: God bless you, Bill. You and your good work continue, sir.
7: Thank you. God bless
0: you. Bill Phillips, P-H-I-L-I-P-P-S, billphillips.com, the author of the brand new book, Signs from the Other Side, Opening to the Spirit World. Yeah. So this is, uh, why don't you grab this one over here, Vic? is red. Red mic, Is that yeah. the red one? Yeah, red this mic. Okay, red this is Vic, uh, with Mesoterra. He's coming up in just minutes. Yeah. And this is my last time to see you here at That's the right. shift
6: change because what are you doing? Well, uh, my show is moving to 3 p.m. in the afternoon on Saturdays next week. Next week is your next first week. move, huh? First move. And, uh, and it's also expanding to two hours. Cool. Nice. So this is, uh, yeah, this is a big deal because uh, when I first applied to be here at the station, that's the times, uh, you know, place in the time that I wanted.
0: So we've f- really enjoyed our association with you. Yeah, it's been fun to be able to turn over the listening audience to mm-hmm. some great music, and I hope they continue listening next week. It's three o'clock from Mesoterra. That's right. And but today, today today's is my be birthday, on birthday show. Just minutes here, birthday! Yeah,
6: happy birthday. birthday! Thank you, thank uh, you. May I ask you how many how many years? Uh, it's quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> Am I older than you are? Yeah. Uh, no, we're probably pretty close. Okay. Pretty close.
0: It's great to be here, isn't it? Yeah,
6: I don't want to give away too many secrets. Okay.
0: <laughs> He's got a lot more hair, too, than I do, and, and it's, and I have it's to tell a lot you, darker.
6: And I have to tell you, Scott is wearing the perfect Christmas te- uh, shirt. You know, you know what? <laughs> if I can't wear a Santa Claus surfing
0: in a white <laughs> shirt besides Christmas, yeah. then something's wrong.
6: Yeah, he's. he, he fr- should be in uh, shorts and a T-shirt, and it's like, oh, ho, oh, oh. ho. As a friend of mine <laughs> says, you know, if if
0: you wear a Hawaiian shirt, it's pretty hard to have
6: a bad day. So there you go, there you go.
0: Vic, again, I, I wish you well on your continued adventures, and hope people tune in. It's been a really fun, fun show, so.
6: Yeah, it's it's been a great, uh, great uh, time being right after you. It's kind, of, it's kind of been strange being in between Scott's show and the Vietnamese, kind of sandwiched in there between. But it's, <laughs> been, a, it's been a good ride, and so now I'm looking forward to what's going to happen next.
0: Yep, he's going to come up in minutes here for his last show, but then next week he'll be at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. And I better get the heck out of here to allow you to do that show here. So um, <laughs> we've got um, next week our special guest, Brent Rains, uh, Colleen knows Brent. Yay! So he's the editor of Alternate Perceptions Magazine, and I really like his curiosity. Um, this, by the way, an online magazine. You can go to apmagazine.info and subscribe. It's free of charge. Always interesting stuff. A modern-day Charles Fort got his finger on a number of different pulses. He's our special guest next week. Colleen, do you have a fun birthday party with mm-hmm. Ramy tomorrow? Okay, I will. And thank you very much for being here and for all that you do. Oh, you're welcome. And Mr. Jim Shorney, you were at Weatherfest today. Ah, see, we gave it up. We know, <laughs> we know Jim's there, but uh, Jim, thank you also. Hope you have a great time. Uh, give my best to Ken Dewey and the gang, and, and Jim. We'll see you next week. Thanks to Mr. Bill Phillips as our guest this morning. And ladies and gentlemen, the final thanks goes out to you. Thank you so much for being a part of this uh, family. And we hope that you'll stick around next week for more exploring
2: unexplained phenomena. And until then, walk in beauty.